Welcome back to Coaches on the Beach. We have another great guest on the show joining us from the West Coast, Steve McFadden. Steve, as a New Jersey native, uh, coast-to-coast coach, as I want to call him, uh, he's currently serving as the University of Washington uh, assistant coach. Started his career off in Carlsbad, California for Tamarack Beach. And then he got some head coaching experience down there at Laguna Beach High School. Um, before coming back to the East Coast to be an assistant at FIU, and now is currently up in Washington. Uh, welcome to the show, Steve, and uh, we're excited to hear some of your stories. Thank you, guys. I like I like coast to coast, but I guess it's really coast to coast to coast to coast. So, yeah, been all over the place. Loving it. Yeah, thanks for having me. All I hear is that Steve is afraid of the middle of the country. So if you're, <laughs> if you're in the middle part, Central time zone, mountain time zone, uh, Steve can't handle it. So just keep that in mind. Listen, I, I love people from, from all over this great country of ours. Um, but I have never, I've never been lucky enough to land in the middle there. So they're, I guess they all fly over or drive through states for me. Yeah, literally. Fly over drive through states. There you go. I'm sure the move to Seattle from Miami was a short drive. Um, yeah. It was quick. I, well, and I drove up to Jersey as well, um, actually to all the way to Rhode Island. So did Miami to Rhode Island and then across to Seattle. So I hear that is the most efficient route from yeah. to Seattle. So just a quick there. stop. Yeah. How um, many days did that take you? Um, it was I would always do two days from Miami up to the northeast. And then I did five days going across. I was moving at a pretty good pace, um, basically stopped and did one hike and also saw Mount Rushmore. So it was a, it was a fun trip, but yeah, did it, did it pretty quickly. Yeah. The great I-80 or I-84, one of the two. 80 I- up to 90. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that. One of my favorite, one of my favorite drives. Um, <laughs> Steve, talk to us a little bit about uh, getting started in beach volleyball out there in, in Jersey. I think you maybe played another sport before, uh, deciding volleyball was the gig. I did. Yeah. I was a, I was a baseball guy through and through all the way, all the way up through high school and, uh, tried to continue that into college. And the uh, coaches at the high esteemed college of New Jersey baseball team told me that it was time to go, you know, um, and it's called the college of New Jersey, right? The college of New Jersey where the T stands for the, but yeah, they, they politely told me that my baseball career would be ending right there. And so I figured volleyball was a good backup plan. Played a couple of years of indoor for the club team at TCNJ and then for some men's teams up in the area. Um, and then started playing tournaments on the beach down at Point Pleasant. Uh, shout out to Great American Volleyball over there and just really, really fell in love with the sport there. Yeah, that's the Gants up there, right? That is. That is the Gants. And they have a great tour running out of New Jersey. They do Point Pleasant, Seaside Heights. Um but I think I, I really just like fell in love with the sense of community. They run every single weekend. They run every division. So if you really want to get into it, you can go back every Saturday. And, and, you know, there are some new people filtering in, but a lot of familiar faces. And you just become really, really friendly with all the people that you're competing with and all the different levels uh, throughout a whole summer. So it was it was super fun. And, um, yeah, just where I where I really started to love the game. Yeah, and I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's where uh, the P1440 is doing something up in Atlantic City this year. And if, if I'm not mistaken, the Gants are going to run that thing, too. 
Colin, Colin, with your encyclopedic knowledge of everything beach volleyball, you're gonna you're gonna have me beat on that one. So I trust you before I before me. Okay. Uh, Steve, did you ever play against uh, Eric Zahn when you were out there? I did. I did play against Eric Zahn. I never beat Eric Zahn. I also, um, I also was setting up nets and stuff for a while, and so Zahn and his whole crew uh, were were out there. Were the regulars digging holes every weekend, and I did that probably for one summer. Um, I'd get out there at five forty-five, and uh, Zahn, Chris Vaughn. Um, a couple other guys that are less involved in the game at this point, but um, yeah, that was that was intense. You, there was one day we drew, we dug holes for thirty four nets, and then I played in the tournament. And my first first match, I just remember having like shivering because I was too hot. And uh, that 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 day was a was a test of survival. You know, it's just a, a gauntlet. <laughs> A truly healthy sign when you start sweating in a hundred and four degree day. Uh, yeah, chills. chills yeah, away. exactly. And Zon, of course, won the whole tournament. So he was there at five forty-five, did all the setup, won the whole tournament, and then was breaking down at the end of the day. Just an absolute nut. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Eric Zon, uh, former AVP player who we lost a few years ago um, from New Jersey, and I think played down in South Carolina, and then moved out to Cali, and and was kind of. He's known as the road dog, right? Uh, there's now an Erickson scholarship for young beach volleyball players trying to come up and make it. So uh, he was yeah. definitely a figurehead in the sport. And Steve yeah. knew him a little bit better. Yeah, big rest in peace to Zahn. Um, just one of the best players that um, that New Jersey has ever produced. And just somebody who completely embraced the culture of beach volleyball. Um, lived out of a van. Had all sorts of... He would... Uh, he would run into you at a tournament. He would ask you what schemes you had going because he always had. He was renting this and subletting it and living out of his van, and um, he was down to jump in the van and drive. Who knows how long? Just like really embraced the uh, adventure part of beach volleyball. Played played in those snow volleyball tournaments that were going on for a while. Um, just an absolute character, and uh, is yeah. I think the beach volleyball world misses the personality that he brought. For sure. He was, he was one of the first guys that I ever knew about on tour. Um, I remember when him and Troy Field would go play in FIVB in China, and their their whole, like, shtick was that they um, wouldn't – they didn't buy any food. They bought zero food while they were in China. And they were in China for, like, five days, by the way. It wasn't like a, wasn't like a one-day trip, right? They, like, they packed a bunch of granola bars and stuff into their suitcase uh, along with, like, four swimsuits and three T-shirts – um, and then they would like maximize the hotel breakfast as much as humanly possible. And, um, definitely a light, light to the sport and kind of, a I guess a catalyst for like that area and New Jersey. And for those that don't know, right. New Jersey used to host the AVP, a pretty big one every year, if I'm not mistaken. Did you grow up going to Belmont? Uh, Bel Belmar. Um, Belmar. I, oh, my bad. <laughs> I did go to the beach down there a lot. I kind of got into beach volleyball late so i think i went to one of those belmar tournaments um before the avp kind of took that one summer off and regrouped um but yeah i think i saw one of them um saw like hayden and scott playing down there and um Grotowski at some point i think yeah yeah some legends of the game right most of them coaching now 
Um, Sean Scott, director of USA Volleyball. John Hyden's got a club in Tennessee. Steve Grotowski, head beach coach down at FAU, as well as a club coach. Uh, it's definitely definitely quite the group. I think Casey Jennings might have won a tournament out there. Uh, okay. Not, yeah. not too long. Right around, right around that time. Uh, but, you know, going from New Jersey, what, what the heck got you out to California? How did you make the move to Team Tam and uh, Laguna High School? Yeah, well, Team Tam, I had I had an established connection with uh, with Andrew Bennett out there. He had coached the College of New Jersey volleyball team that I started on, um, and so I had the connection out there. Um, I would say after graduating college, it was always just kind of the dream to move to California. So um, I went on a road trip with some buddies, and we went out there. We did the whole West Coast, and we were in San Diego, and uh andy bennett was like oh i can have a job for you coaching beach volleyball tomorrow and i was like i, I don't know i'm not that good at beach volleyball and, and but i don't have any other jobs so sure I'll, I'll come on out so um went back to jersey and i want to say 10 months later actually packed up the car with my buddy sean kogan and moved out and uh god i think from the second day i was there i was coaching coaching in practice at tamarack and stayed there for six years so um it was really just it was the draw of california of beach volleyball uh just getting more involved in the sport um you know the plan was to make more of a run playing uh but you know it turned out i was a, i had it was a little better at the coaching side of it um so i've been loving that really ever since yeah in, in true beach coach fashion i have to assume uh coaching club at team tam probably didn't probably didn't cover all the bills uh down there in san diego What's uh what's been your favorite job, favorite side job to carry while coaching? Oh uh, yeah. So uh I did have a, a brief stint at 24 hour fitness working in the kids' club. Um, but my favorite was I worked for a company called Lounge Appeal. Um and so for five and a half years I would we did uh event furniture rentals. And that means we would load up a truck full of sofas, coffee tables, and kind of fancy lounge furniture. And I, uh, the really fun thing about the job was I got to drive all over uh, San Diego County, Orange County. If there's a fancy hotel, if there's a sweet golf course, um, I've probably been there through the loading dock, you know, not through the fancy side of it, but I've probably been there. I've probably set up furniture and they're uh, on a lawn or in a, um, or in a ballroom somewhere. Uh, so that was that was my favorite job. It was uh, hard work, weird hours, um, and I wound up managing the San Diego branch of the company. So that was, it was a, a good job for me to have on the side. Um, but man, it was a lot of, you know, event ends at 11 p.m. So we're loading up the truck until 1 a.m., getting back to the shop at 2 a.m. And, you know, just just weird stuff like that. Yeah, weird weird hours are like a, a quintessential beach volleyball thing, right? I mean, I know most of the jobs that I've carried to work uh, drive Uber, right? You can do that whenever you want. Um, bar ten, bar back. Those are usually, you know, nine p.m. to three o'clock in the morning, and then, oh, what time is practice? Oh, eight a.m. Perfect, great. Uh, yeah, I didn't need more than four hours of sleep. I'm sure I'll do great. Uh, yeah yeah luckily we were mostly afternoon practices we did some mornings in the summer um but yeah i mean it's it's piecing it together and uh you know you're not doing it for the huge pay so 
the the love of the game carries you through, right, Colin? Amen. Uh, I don't do it to be rich. I do it to not own shoes. <laughs> when when you were getting your start as that that coach at Tamarack, what what were some of the things that you were kind of looking into? What what really made you fall in love with coaching and want to pursue that even further? It's a really good question. Um, I enjoyed the challenge of kind of taking skills that I had figured out by playing myself um, and then figuring out how to actually articulate them and communicate them to somebody else. I, I thought that was a really fun challenge uh, to try to put into words things that you've probably just kind of figured out like through reps and reps and kind of like finding this epiphany yourself. So I, re I really liked um, that aspect of it. And going then, so you're in Cali, right? You're, you've become manager of a San Diego branch. Are you coaching high school at this time? Yes. Yeah. I, I think Michael mentioned in the intro, I was, I coached, um, I was really lucky. I went up to Laguna Beach High School um, and coached the JV team there while Raul Papalio was coaching the varsity team. Uh, so I did, had one year learning from him. Um, and then he left the next year. Um, and I just kind of lucked into uh, the varsity job there. And I just felt like I was really lucky to have kids that would challenge me to coach at that higher level um, because, you know, they're all over other D1 programs uh, in the country at this point. So it was a, a real challenge to design challenging practices for them and to kind of keep them uh, getting better. Yeah. And then, so you're, you're doing this, you're, Regional manager, uh, assistant to the uh, regional manager. Of, <laughs> uh, you're the manager of the San Diego branch, right, of this event company. You're coaching, your head coach at Laguna Beach. You're coaching club at Team Tam. I have to assume this is like one of the first times since college where you're like, oh, I don't actually uh, freak out every week about where rent's coming from. And then Between all the of a sudden, those? what's that? Between the three of those? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, sometimes it's just nice to have a steady paycheck and not wonder, man, I really hope I get a private this week so that I can afford my car payment. Right. Those are yeah. it's a, it's a nice thought to have. I think um, it's even funnier that you're probably working those three jobs so that you didn't even need a place to stay because you're just bouncing job to job to job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You go you go directly from how am I going to do this? I have no money to how am I going to do this? I have no time. <laughs> yeah but you can afford all the red bull you needed which was probably <laughs> yeah the best yeah, thing my first for my first few years in california i would log like every dollar i spent i had this like intense budget thing and it finally got to a point where i was like all right i can lo loosen up on this a little bit because i don't have the time anymore to track everything so it's, it's just kind of funny bouncing between those two you had to actually log payroll hours to do your own budget for your personal account yeah yeah but so you take all this, right? And then all of a sudden the FIU job comes open, right? And so, um, you know, I've been an assistant college beach coach. Uh, I can only imagine that the salary wasn't, um, you know, amazing. It, it wasn't, it's not coaching basketball. It's not coaching football. And it's in Miami, which is not a small city. So you, you decide, right? You're looking at your life here and you're like, all right, Let's do this thing. Uh, talk me through that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a little bit of a pay cut from the 
three jobs that I was coaching. Um, but it was, it was full-time coaching and I wanted to get to a point where I wasn't splitting my time between figuring out furniture inventory and coaching. I wanted to just be a little bit more, uh, dedicated to the craft and really learn, uh, the ins and outs of, of college coaching. Cause for a lot of, of Tamarack, I wasn't involved too much in the recruiting out or, um, or other things I would show up to practice and, you know, come up with the best practice plan that I could, um, but less involved in the other aspects of it. So um, I was excited just to be full-time coaching and have that be the job. I'm also lucky enough to have a, a lovely, lovely partner in this life who is uh, supportive of me and uh, has been excited to make every move with me and now has a job where she works remotely. So, um, so she's able to uh, to kind of go with the punches of this coaching life. Gotta uh, love those remote jobs. My my wife just got one too, and yeah. it was it was for the same reason. When we were moving back down here from Seattle, it was one of those things where we were talking. It's like, what what is your next job? Oh, it's going to be remote because who knows when this next thing's gonna come up. Luckily, we found a good little landing spot here in Monroe, but who knows? Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, just always, always lucky to have her support and, um, yeah, and Miami was a, was a great stop. It was, I was, I learned a whole lot about what the job entails, all the admin and recruiting and things that go along with it. Um, and really felt welcomed in the Florida beach volleyball community. Um, loved going around to showcases, clinics, just working with all, all the kids down there. So, um, yeah, Miami was an awesome stop for me. You mentioned that like part of your coaching journey has been like just playing, figuring it out, and then figuring out how to turn it into words to coach. With with that experience, like you obviously played out on the West Coast, played down in Miami a little bit. Did you notice any differences of the game from West Coast to East Coast, from juniors to college? What what were those biggest differences that you might have picked up on? I don't know if I ever thought too much about the stylistic differences between the game on the on the two different coasts. Um, I will say when, when I moved out to California from New Jersey, I was just absolutely blown away at just the amount of good players. Um, you know, in Jersey, you knew the contenders who were coming out every week. And in California, you know, you could be playing in a a tournament and some guy shows up he's like oh, i haven't played in six years but yeah i was all american at santa cruz for i don't know three years and this guy would just kick your butt and you're like oh okay I'm, i've been trying to do this like for a while now but um yeah so california just, the the depth of players over there is incredible um but i will also say that um florida has a really strong scene and i think that there is a bit of a west coast bias uh with this sport so there are plenty plenty of good players um in men's and women's and juniors just florida um you know if it's if it's behind california it's not by much and it's just a really really strong scene all i'm hearing there steve is that you don't think washington should have been ranked as high as they were this year is that is that what i'm hearing because there's a west coast bias so they got a little little bump being up there is that uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We were just way in, way inflated all year. And we, you know, we never really even had to play anybody tough. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, you guys obviously had a great year at Washington, right? And I think 
a part of that um, this season had a little bit to do with, you know, some transfers that you guys got in there. Um, obviously, Derek, Derek just finished, what, year two at Washington? Yes. Um, and you were in your first season. And, you know, you actually had some some players from FIU and Laguna High School, if I'm not mistaken, join you guys up at Washington. Um, I haven't haven't had the opportunity to coach a, a player that I had at one school and then she came over to another school. Um, talk me through that dynamic and what what that's like being like, hey, I know we have this um, this shared past. And uh, also, hi, we're both in Seattle now. Uh, pretty different from those two locations. What was that like? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been it's been fun. I, you know, would like to clarify that they committed to Washington before I even had any conversations about the job. So of course, of course. <laughs> um so i should should clear that up there but um yeah it's been really fun to see uh their development yeah so with uh jackie who co who played for me at laguna beach it was really cool because i let's see i had left for three years so she had gone through junior senior year of high school um and then freshman year um she was at pepperdine so it was really cool to get back with her after three years and kind of see her development her maturity um, over those years. And then with uh, both Kendall and Shannon, um, it was fun. It was, it, it was very interesting to see kind of how people fit into different cultures. Um, so I, you know, I think Kendall was a different player at FIU. Shannon was a different player at FIU. And I was, I was a different coach at FIU just because a big part of being an assistant coach is filling in for whatever your head coach needs. But yeah, I mean, it's been fun to it's been fun to see them in two different spots and um, just kind of continue towards having like a, a deeper relationship and, and and working into having more of a rapport with them, understanding their game on like a really deep level. Um, with Kendall, I coached every when we were at FIU, I coached every single match for her and her partner. Um, and so then when we wound up at Washington together, it was like I, I have a pretty good understanding of what we're coming into, um, what you need to be working on. So um i think it just kind of helps you to work more deeply into their game and and how you can kind of get the best out of them yeah i think you mentioned something really interesting um was the what what is the roles of an assistant coach i know i've been an assistant coach Colin, you've been an assistant coach. This is your second beach program being an assistant. So you kind of have different perspectives. I was an assistant for indoor. Colin's done both the indoor and the beach side. Um, and what what I found is that what you just said of uh, being able to be adaptable for your head coach is a very big thing. What, what other types of roles have you seen that have really helped you grow in your spot or has really helped your uh, head coach wherever you've been? Yeah, I think it's a challenge in always looking how at how to frame the lessons that you want to pass on. The stories that I tell, the points of emphasis that I that I hit on pretty constantly, um, you know, th those are very genuine and and authentic to excuse me, I think to my identity as a coach. Um, so when you're working with different programs, you kind of just have to frame them, make sure that they kind of work into the framework of what the he the head coach's vision for the program. Um, and one thing that I pride myself on is that I don't think I was ever inauthentic um, with anybody, but that, that doesn't mean that I've been, you know, the exact same person in, e in each spot. Um, so I think there's just, there's a lot of 
personality reading and um, kind of just, just tweaking and flexibility that assistant coaches um, need to have. And then I'll always joke about this at um, when I'm at USA Volleyball events. I just I like to uh, be a an expert in the assistant coach duties. So that means if you need a dynamic warm up run, I am out there. I am on it. If you need somebody to draw up a tournament bracket and figure out how everything's seated and plus minus and double in here, I am all over it. So uh, those are the assistant coach duties that I've that I've found make me uh, make me valuable. Yeah, and and you've been an excellent assistant coach everywhere you've been. I mean, you know, from Team Tam, obviously coaching up numerous college players. Um, Laguna clearly had a had a good run um, while you were there. FIU, right, was a, an NCAA tournament team and a top top fifteen program regularly. Um, obviously, now Washington, I'll say it, got snubbed a little bit, right? I mean, it was a heck of a. I'll I'll throw it out there. Hey. Hey, as a as a guy who who didn't sniff the NCAA tournament this year, right? I think Washington got snubbed. I'm sorry. All right, there, there were a lot of there were a lot of great programs bidding for those last couple spots. Huh? Wow, the the political correctness there was awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So right, you've been around some some really great volleyball and and have, like you said, learned a lot from from your experience there. Is there kind of that desire to be a head coach? Does that kind of come out every once in a while? Or where do you see your career going? Yeah, that certainly comes out um comes out every once in a while. Um I'll I'll say that I'm I'm not in a rush. I really, really love my job at Washington. Um just falling in love with the city of Seattle. Um the athletic department gives us so much support. And working with Derek is just awesome. We're we're really aligned on a lot of things. So um, you know, there's not a lot of me having to uh, change my talking points or or having to say stuff that I that I don't believe in. Um, you know, I, I feel feel like we're really on the same page with a lot of stuff. So I'm not not in a rush to to get a head coaching job. Um, but yeah, of course, of course, there's always the appeal of being uh of being fully in charge and taking all that responsibility and um so there there is the appeal not not in a rush um but keep so, keeping my eyes open for when for when the right opportunity comes up like uh like modest yahoo once said one day right like uh that'll work out exactly uh, if you don't get that reference look up um look modest yahoo up great great musician Okay. Um, you mentioned Derek in there, right? And, and kind of how he's impacted. You know, it's been a year. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty short time, all things considered. Who has kind of been your biggest mentor in beach and, and in coaching in general, right? So maybe there's some slight differences there of like who got you into the sport and, and showed you the ropes and then who got you into coaching and showed you those ropes? Yeah. Um, I mean, and it was a different sport, but I think it starts back with my dad. Um you know, my dad always, my dad and my best friend's dad just always coached our, our baseball teams growing up. Um, and I think instilled, you know, a, a love for sports in me and uh, instilled um, v valuing the right things. I think, you know, he was never somebody who was super wowed by talent, but he would always point out to you when, um, you know, the right fielder sprinted in to back up first base um on every throw across the diamond so 
you know, he was he was always preaching doing those little things and kind of maximizing, um, you know, what, whatever talent you've got, getting the most out of it. Um, but then let's see, my brother really taught me a lot of the game of beach volleyball when I was just starting on in New Jersey. Um, I think when I moved to San Diego, I really valued all the time that uh, between myself, Andrew Bennett and Matt McDevitt, um, we were just kind of always workshopping different things um, and kind of figuring out the coaching and, you know, we started in 2012 when, when College Beach was barely a thing. So um, a lot of it was just us us figuring it out on our own. And um, we had a lot of a lot of different coaches kind of come through during that time. Um, Summer Nash was in there. Andrew Dentler was in there for a while. Um, Ryan McDevitt is is still out there um, doing good stuff with Tamarack. Um, you know, I learned from I learned from Rita. I learned from a lot from Derek. Um, I just kind of try to pick up, pick up from wherever I can. Anytime I get the opportunity to do a USA volleyball thing, I know I'm just incredibly lucky to uh, be figuring stuff, hearing stuff from Jeff Elzina, Andrew Fuller, Marcio Ciccoli, Russ Brock, Steve Loeswick. I, I, the amount of coaches that they've opened the door um, the, to me working with and just kind of picking up little stuff from each of them um, is just super valuable. Yeah, it sounds like you've done a great job of trying to gather that kind of range that we talk about, um, right? That that piece of like, I'm going to take in from everybody and figure out what my message is from that and kind of push it out. And that's what makes it your own, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if I'm if I'm trying to be entirely one other person, you know, then it's, it's not going to work out. But I think I can be um, genuine to myself while also just picking up uh, little tips from so many so many other great coaches so do you have kind of a story that exemplifies you and why you coach and and those values that you kind of um, have talked about a few times god i don't know if i have a specific story um you know i think volleyball is the is kind of the medium that we use for for all of this stuff but I, th I think the big thing for me is the relationships that we make along the way and, and the lessons that we learn along the way. Um, that's that's truly the value of this, especially if we're going to consider it uh, an educational endeavor. Those wow. are the two things that I focus the most on. So, you know, it, I don't know that there's a specific story, but every place that I've moved, um, I've found community in the beach volleyball world. So San wow. living in Carlsbad for six years, I had... Uh, so many guys that we would we would just get out on a on a random morning and play with and when i went to miami you could just show up at at south beach any day um every single afternoon they've just got work up going um and in seattle i found like a really really thriving beach volleyball community the people are dying to get out here as soon as it gets warm in the spring um there was one group that invited me out to play in the middle of february and we're like you know surfing booties like all geared up, but you get out there and do it. Um, yeah. So for, for me, it's just like the value of the community, I think is, is the, you know, it, it's not a specific story. It's not a funny story, but it's, uh, that's what I've just loved and, and why I kind of continue to do it so that the kids that we teach, you know, whether they go to play FIVB or AVP, or if they play double A on the weekends, or if they, you know, teach their kids to play it, I, want them to enjoy this sport and make connections to the sport for their whole lives. 
Yeah, I, I actually have a story for you. It was, it was just over a year ago. Um, we were in Conference USA, and uh, we I was sitting in my office in Monroe, and we just got the brackets out. And, of course, ULM gets to play FIU first round. And then I looked at the practice schedule, and we're practicing at the exact same time. And I, I, I was three and a half months on the job at that point. Um, head coach Charlie Olson was helping me out. He, he was doing a lot behind the scenes. Um, but I remember going to the practice, and I was like, all right, do, do I go up to these guys and try to say hi, try to introduce myself, or do I just let them do their practice? How business-like are they? Um, got to the courts, and you guys were running a pretty serious practice over on court six and seven uh, at that, that Huntsville complex. And I was like, oh, I'm going to let them go because we're over here playing spike ball right now. And we're, we're, we're in between FIU on one side of us, LSU on the other side, both getting at it. And we're playing some spike ball in the sand. But uh, towards the end of your guys' practice, you actually came up to me, introduced yourself, and just started chatting with me, super friendly. And I, I just remember that first experience of, oh, yeah, like, he, he definitely exemplifies the, the beach aspect of everything and wanting to include, like, you had no clue who I was. You, you didn't know if I was just a student manager or I, I look like I'm 18 sometimes. So coming up to me, uh, being able to talk to me like, like I was the coach and um, just kind of that, that made me feel very welcome into the beach community. And um, ever since then, I, I've, I've been watching your career from afar and uh, hoping we could get back and play. But then we moved to Sunbelt and you moved to Washington. Um, <laughs> but may, maybe someday again, we'll, we'll meet up somewhere. But uh, yeah, I, I, I really thank you for that. I don't think I've ever told you that story, but um, it, it really had a huge impact on me and getting comfortable in the beach community. And uh, I, I think what you're saying, it it holds true in how you present yourself every single day. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I, uh, you know, I, so many people have been welcoming and, and just super friendly with me. So I'm just, you know, glad that I can kind of continue that uh that relationship down for sure and then you guys went on and kicked our uh butts and didn't didn't say sorry after but uh yeah <laughs> I, remember, I remember some scrappy teams putting up a good fight though did you guys take one from us no we, we didn't come close it, it, it was not us it was it was a fast i mean 30 minutes or less right dominoes will deliver a pizza in longer time yeah. Somebody pushed us to three. I know somebody pushed us to three. I think somebody took one actually. Yeah. We coastal uh, three two came down fifteen thirteen in the uh, in the fours there. God, yeah, I remember. I remember being real scared of that one. Yeah, I was. I was hoping uh, the whole time Madison Allred and, and uh, Maddie Lichty, I think, would would pull it out. You remember for those the three or the four? Uh, absolute grind. Ma Madison haunts me, man. She beat me. She beat us again this year. That girl doesn't go down without a fight. No, you. I mean, if you know her sister Riley over at LSU, right? She's she's just the same little uh, little assassin over there at Coastal Carolina. Yeah, I guess the whole the whole family haunts me. I guess, yeah, they both beat us this year. <laughs> uh, well, you know, a couple of good sisters. Uh, I think both both running it back one more year. All red might be. You might see the all reds again at, at Coastal and LSU. So yeah. uh, I guess watch out. Be careful. Um, Got to be careful with them, yeah. No, I think uh, what you said, Michael, about 
Steve kind of embodying beach volleyball. It's, it's kind of funny. Uh, we talk, I, I was with Steve Gritowski over at FAU this last weekend. I was down in Florida and um, him and I were talking. And I can't remember if I was just trying to like, we, we got Thai food one night and I can't remember if I just tried to like pay for the Thai food. And he's like, no, no, no. You know, when you are, when you are me, right. Take care of somebody, take care of somebody else. And I think that's, um, kind of the coolest part about our sport and, and our coaching is like, I remember uh, my first year at Coastal, maybe you and I went down and did the Vero thing on New Year's. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we shared the hotel room, right? And, and went out to dinner with Wayne and, and uh, Jay. And I think at some point you had like, you covered the Uber, right? And it was just the, the act of like, hey, I'm paying it forward because somebody helped me out when I showed up. I'm going to help you out when you show up. And then obviously my plan is now to help out somebody else when they show up. Um, it's kind of the coolest part about our job and our sport. And, and I guess it segues really nicely into the question that we've asked most of our guests, which at this point is two. Um, so, <laughs> so you're number three. Hey, lucky number three. Uh, but it's, it's like, what would you want to see out of college beach volleyball in the future? Where do you want to see the sport go and, and at our level? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you make a good point, and I, I, you know it's it's probably sounds a little corny, and it's something that we we preach to all of our teams. But you you wind up getting out of it what you what you put into it, right? Um, so you know keep on keep on paying for other people's dinners. It'll it'll come back eventually. Um, but what do I want to see out of the sport? Um, I want to see just people continuing to play and love the sport into their adult years, um, and and hopefully find the same community that I've been lucky enough to find, um, you know, as it's education. So at the end of the day, if we're, if the end result is uh, women who are, you know, a little bit more ready to take on the challenge and who are uh, team oriented and, and learn how to embrace their role and, and um, you know, break down a challenge into all the, all the, tiny little steps that it takes to overcome something um you know if if the end result is adults i've coached some some boys as well so i'll say women and men if we uh, wind up with women and men who are more prepared for the real world um who hopefully love the sport and keep keep playing the sport then that's a success in my mind yeah i mean it's it's like you say over and over it's education i, I usually pitch to my team like hey um uh, winning is usually like seventh on my list of priorities um it's not not that it's not there i, de I definitely want to win more than i lose um, but if at the end of the day we've we have a group of, of young adults who are ready to lead and and push our world forward and push our community forward it's really a great great thing and and you've done a great job of building not just that community within but also kind of growing the game amongst young young players. I think you're still doing that up in Washington, uh, coaching youngins and and sharing the love of the game, which came to some of us a little later than others. Yeah, and striving for victory is kind of where we learn a lot of those a lot of those lessons. So, um, you know, trying to win at the end of the day is is still a very important part of it, um, but I think it's more important to try to win than it is to win. Um, you know, one of the quotes that I 
like is um you can never guarantee victory but you can do better you can deserve it it's something like that and it's from some i don't know romans way back in the day something like that um but i like kind of thinking about it like that if, if you if you deserve victory if you've done everything you can to prepare and and you know look through every little for every little advantage that you can um then you've done your job and and go out and play and express yourself and have fun and uh if victory doesn't come then victory doesn't come it doesn't make you a bad person it, it you're going to be better off for it in the end yeah for sure and and to your point there like i i love how um we we've talked to like Wayne Hawley and he had some similar views on it and one of the things that he said that really resonated to me was um, if you if you're preparing your hardest, if if you're really putting yourself out there, worrying about your uh your work and enthusiasm towards the game, like the the winning kind of comes with that, and like it it will happen naturally if you're actually putting your full effort into it. If you if you're constantly just worrying about winning and stuff, sometimes that can hinder you. Um, and that that shouldn't be the goal all the time is just straight up i'm gonna go out here win any way possible lie steal cheat whatever it may be um it, it, it's more about my my best effort versus your best effort on that day and sometimes i'm gonna get you you're, sometimes you're gonna get me no. um yeah i i love the wayne episode by the way um love that love listening to that discussion yeah, Steve, I mean, I think we've loved getting your perspective on this episode and really appreciate you joining us. Uh, just a final closing thoughts, right? We'd love to, to get to some current events. Beach World Championships announced in Adelaide, Australia, 2025. Pretty excited about that. I, I'm thinking about planning a trip out there. Um, I've always wanted to go to World Champs. It's like the closest thing to uh, Olympic beach volleyball that we get, and it comes every two years. Also includes a qualification to the Olympics, which you know is a pretty pretty big deal for a lot of pro players. So it creates quite the competitive environment. It takes place over two weeks. Um, Adelaide's I don't think will be an Olympic qualifier. Uh, I think the twenty twenty seven World Championships will be. Uh, as far as open jobs go, right? We've we've closed a few of those out. LMU. Uh, think is done with their assistant coaching choice i believe ucla is also done still have uc davis's head coaching job open um, central arkansas i believe has finished their assistant coaching announcement and should be up by the time this uh airs but i won't say it just in case because you know i'm scared like that um tulane still looking for an assistant st mary's moraga up in norcal is looking for a volunteer pacific still searching for a head coach LaGrange needs a, a coach for both indoor and beach in Georgia. Loyola New Orleans, a GA for indoor and beach. And then University of Lynchburg needs a GA for indoor and beach. Um, Michael, where are you off to uh, next? We're, yeah. we're, we're in July. Now, so we're, yeah. we're in the home stretch of the recruiting season. Yeah, we're, we're finally into July now. Um, and looking at the next schedules, uh, still working on our beach camps. That's the only thing we got going on over here other than the recruiting grind. Uh, next camp is July 28th, 29th, and then we'll have one date in August, August 12th, 13th. Um, but what about you, Colin? Where are you at? I'm, I'm hoping me and uh, Stevie Mack are hanging out in Hermosa right now. July 5th, are you going for AVP? 
Um, I'm probably not. If I do, it'll be a weekend. Um, but yeah, I'm actually in, enrolling at the University of Washington too. So uh, my my recruiting is uh, very selective. Look at you, bettering the student athletes and bettering yourself all at the same time. I'm trying to. It's it's really daunting at this point. I'm a little scared. <laughs> uh, I think that that just means that you care. That's what I tell my student athletes a lot. Uh, well, hopefully, if you come down for the weekend, let me know. I'll be at ABP Hermosa until Sunday. Um, then I'm headed over to, to Cokie Volleyball in uh, Richland, Mississippi. Two days indoor, one day at beach, as well as LSU team camp. And then Southeastern starts their indoor camps uh, throughout the weekend. Steve, are you doing any recruiting? I know you said you're not going going around too much. Are you you headed out anywhere specific right now? Nothing official on the books. I've I've been to Florida and California already, so um, I was trying to get it in a little bit earlier, knowing that this was coming up. But gonna try to fit in a weekend here, a weekend there. Shalan, 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 shalan. Sorry, I'm rooting for Steve and I to hang out on uh, the eastern side of his state uh, at the end of July. So see if I can't can't swing him over there. What about here's what about playing wise? You you still playing up there? Anything coming up there? I have I've played two uh, I played two tournaments up here this summer. Um, certainly not in the type of shape or practice that I would like to be. Um, you know, a big lesson that I learned was there's actually a reason why we have these kids like practice all the time and, and practice their skills. Turns out that's turns out that's valuable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, playing for fun. Um, Love, love did, did you play with any other uh, any other beach coaches? I did. I played with the esteemed Chris Littleman first, and then I got one in with uh, with Steve Whitaker. So connecting all the all the pieces of the UW coaching tree. Steve Whitaker, the uh, the ultimate of the Steve uh, College Beach coaching tree. Steve Whitaker, <laughs> Steve McFadden, uh, Steve Loswick, Steve Walker. Uh, Grotowski, right? We're we're looking at a lot of Steves roaming around College Beach Volleyball. It's almost like being named John and becoming president, or being named George and becoming president. It's usually a good good sign. So if your name's Steve, you uh, should look into some of those open jobs that we named above. Uh, juniors wise, right? AVPAmerica.com has plenty of tournaments and events. Uh, beach volleyball coaches on Instagram seems to be posting a ton of camps. I don't know if Washington's got any coming up. Um, later this summer in the fall, something to check out. Yeah, and then and then AVP also. I mean, Colin mentioned it. Uh, they're they're down in Hermosa here uh, this week, uh, and then they'll also run that juniors event side by side with that. Uh, then you got August fourth through sixth. You got Atlanta, uh, and then going down to Manhattan Beach Open uh, the end of August, August eighteenth through twentieth. The granddaddy of them all, uh, the Manhattan Beach Open, where you get your name on the pier. Uh, you know, FAVB-wise, we've still got uh, Stad going on this weekend. If you tune in, it's the best scenery probably of any tournament ever. Uh, next weekend, I think, is uh, Espino in Portugal. And then uh, followed it up with with a Canadian tournament, Edmonton maybe, and then Montreal. So Canada hosting a couple of things. First time since they hosted Edmonton, three-star Oh man, that must have been 2019 when they hosted that last. So, a little four years later, uh, getting getting some more pro beach up in Canada. Hopefully, Sam Schachter and Dan Deering 
uh, and, and Adam Schultz get it going up there for, for the hometown crowd. Absolutely encyclopedic over there. This is, it's incredible. It's crazy. Uh, well, I just, you know, for the Canadian guys, I love them. Uh, Sam and Dan have been uh, big, big fans. I've been a big fan of theirs, I guess, since, <laughs> since Sam and Sam were pairing up in Canada and I got to work with them a couple times. And then uh, funny enough in Atlantic city, Dan Deering and uh, Grant O'Gorman like walk up in the, in the middle of me helping out uh, a couple of girls players. And they're like, Hey, um, we were just wondering if we could like practice with you guys. I was like, yeah, that'd be fine. <laughs> um, Olympian Grant and, and, Dan Deering. and uh, Dan jumped once on the women's net. And I was like, yeah, Dan, you're going to have to play no jump for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. Because for those of you that don't know, he's armpits over the net on a guy's net. It's a, it's a dangerous training environment. I was like, I need this team to make it to tomorrow. Okay, we can't, we can't be, can't be killing them. Yeah, ladies, hard hats on. Yeah, and and Adam Schultz, their coach, uh, husband of Sarah Pavin, also just great beach volleyball mind has helped me out a ton throughout my career. So, uh, I'm always an American at heart, right? But if there's not an American team there, I'm for sure rooting for the Canadians. Uh, no, it's been really good talking with you, Steve, and um, appreciate the stories and the, the good times and hearing your point of view on things. Um, first time on the podcast, but hopefully not the last. We'll we'll definitely try to get you back on here. Thanks, yeah, that'd Steve. Be, that'd be fun. Awesome. This was a blast. I appreciate, appreciate you guys having me on. It's fun. For sure. Thanks, man. Can't, uh, can't wait to see you next and, and hopefully uh, catch you somewhere on the road recruiting. Yeah.